Well, here we are, online again and in lockdown again. Uh, not what we wanted to be, it's fair to say, as we look back on last Sunday and uh, remember and reflect on what a great day it was at my induction as Senior Pastor of New Peninsula Baptist Church. And I just want to thank you again for your fantastic welcome of me and my family. Uh, we just feel so blessed to be here. And, and while we're somewhat disappointed that we can't be together in person today, we look back and we're so thankful and grateful that we could be last Sunday. And what a great day it was as we encountered uh, Jesus afresh and we experienced his Holy Spirit and his peace and his presence in our lives. And so we have so much to be thankful for, don't we, even though uh, we are in lockdown now. I also want to give a, a big shout out to some people that have done an amazing job just this week in helping us to pivot to our online uh, platform again and, and going solely online. So Ian and Andrew, uh, Viv and Joss, just, uh, and there's, I know there's a lot of others as well, but I just want to thank you particularly for all your hard work uh, at very late notice in order to make this service, uh, this online service possible today. Now, I hate fishing. It's a pretty strong word, hate, I know, but I, I really, really don't like it. I've never really liked it, actually. Uh, and I've tried fishing at different times. I thought, oh, maybe I'll get into it and maybe this will be, become my thing. And I've even brought equipment and I've gone and I've fished and I've just never caught anything. Now, I remember a few years ago when my eldest daughter, who's now 15, she was about six at the time, and we went to a trout farm. And we, we went into this trout farm and there was fish everywhere. You could just see them swimming all about. And my six-year-old daughter caught about six fish and I caught none. I am just a hopeless fisherman and I don't enjoy it. It's just so much waiting and waiting, waiting for, for not much at all. Now, recently, my son, Tom, was taken fishing by his grandfather. Now, his grandfather, Kate's dad, is a really keen fisherman and a very good fisherman. And, and so he was giving Tom some tuition around how best to, to go about fishing. And they were out off Rye Pier um, squid fishing, going after squid. And blow me down, Tom actually caught a squid. And it was a real bittersweet moment for me, it's fair to say. Because while I very much enjoyed eating that squid later on that night, uh, the thought came to me that maybe this is the start of something and that I'm going to have to get involved in going with Tom and, and helping him to fish. And it's not a thought I really relished. Uh, but since moving down to the peninsula in January this year and having lots of conversations with different people in our church and in our broader community, one of the things I've noticed is that we've got a lot of people down here that just love fishing. Not only do they love fishing, they're really good at it. And so they go out and they catch fish regularly. And it's almost like it's, it's part of their, their DNA, part of who they are. They've been doing it since a very young age. They've just grown up doing it. They're naturals at it and they just get so much enjoyment out of it. It's just part of the, their identity being fishermen and fisherwomen. And it brings us to this passage that we're in today as we continue our Jesus the Game Changer uh, uh, series that we're in. And, and the passage that we're in today is Mark chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. And it says this, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their nets and followed him. 
Now, it's really interesting here, isn't it? Here we have Simon and his brother, Andrew. For them, fishing was part of their DNA. It's what they knew. It's all they'd ever known. It was their occupation. It was what brought in income for their families. And here Jesus is, is using fishing as a metaphor to say, this is what I want for you. This is my purpose for you. Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men really important here that we have two aspects of this there's the first aspect which is following Jesus going and following him in the work that he's doing in and around the world and in and around our neighborhoods and our communities but the result of following him is that we too would become fishers of men and women one of the things that this Jesus the Game Changer series is doing is that it's chasing the, tra- tracing the history of the church from when it was first established on the day of Pentecost right through to today's world. And it's telling all these amazing stories of growth that's happened. And it's fair to say that the growth of the church throughout the millennia is nothing short of extraordinary. In AD 200, the total number of Christians in the world at that stage represented... of the world's population. Today, the total number of Christians in the world is at around about 30% of the world's population. There's been this extraordinary growth of the church that's happened since its very first inception. And yet in Australia, there's a little bit of a different story happening. Not long ago, the McCrindle Research Company released some research about uh, church attendance and also those who identified as Christian. And what they discovered is that in 2006, so just on 15 years ago, there was 64% of the population who identified as Christian. And there was also 19% of the population then who stated that they had no religion. Now, fast forward 10 years, so just five years ago, and they did this survey, this research again. And what they discovered is that uh, the, the, the number of the Australian population who identified as Christian had dropped from 64% down to 52%. And those who stated they had no religion had increased from 19% up to 30%. And it is true that our society is increasingly becoming more secular. And the idea of following Jesus and as a result of that becoming fishers of men and women where people are led to Jesus is something that we are starting to recognize. And I think we have for some time that it's a real, real challenge for us as the church in Australian society. An enormous challenge. And so what I want to do today is unpack a little bit. As we reflect on this passage and as we sit in the Jesus the Game Changer series, unpack a little bit, what does it look like for us to actually go out and be fishers of men and women in our context today, in our challenging context today? Now, if you're part of a life group and you're tracking with this series as well, the episode that you'll be watching over the next week is highlighting a a, a guy by the name of Hudson Taylor, an incredible man who left England as a 21-year-old to become a missionary in China. And he was there on and off most of the time, though, for 50 years before his death in 1905. 
And it's fair to say that Hudson Taylor had an enormous impact. And if you're in our life groups and you're going to watch that episode, you'll hear a whole lot more about that uh, when you do so. But what I'm going to do today as we unpack these three core values that I think are really important when we're looking at what does it mean to follow Jesus and, and to be fishers of men and women, what I'm going to do is to tie in some of the story of Hudson Taylor. So the first posture that I think we have, the first value that I think we've got to operate is a learning posture. We learn. And so what this meant for Hudson Taylor is that before he went to China, he started to study Chinese culture and language. In fact, he learned over 400 of different Chinese scripts before he even went. And then when he got to China, he was able to learn the rest of the language and he he ended up being very fluent uh, in different languages, about three or four different languages in and around China and in the places where he worked and and he tried to reach. He also adopted local customs. He dressed as local religious men would dress. He ate local food. And at the time, this was incredibly revolutionary for Western missionaries to do that. But it won him an enormous amount of respect because the Chinese loved the fact that he had this learning posture. He was learning about Chinese culture and Chinese society and Chinese people. When I think of my own journey, and particularly in relation to this passage that we're in today, I look back on a time of around about 15 years ago where I'd grown incredibly frustrated at my own inability to connect with my neighbours. You see, I'd had the experience, and I guess I'm one of those blessed people that that grew up in a church, that had that safety and that security and that great relational connection with other Christians all throughout my life, and they encouraged me and they spoke into me and blessed me. But one of the results of that, and, and this was by the time I was a youth pastor at a church even, is that I had lost the ability, or perhaps never really had the ability, to connect with people around me, my neighbors, my work colleagues, People that uh, were friends uh, that, that were in um, different non-Christian places. And, and so I, I decided I needed to do something about it. And it led me to leaving my job as a youth pastor at the time and going and spending two and a half years in construction. And my goal partly for these two and a half years, at the time I thought it was just going to be 12 months, ended up being a lot longer. But my goal was to learn. To learn what it looked like to connect with your typical Aussie bloke, really, your tradie type. And so over those two and a half years, I went on this learning journey. And, and, it's, and the lessons that I learned at that time have stuck with me ever since. And the ability that I have now to be able to relate to your tradies and other Aussies, whether it's professional areas or uh, skilled areas in tradesmen or whatever it is, it's significantly greater than what it was 15 years ago when I didn't even really know how to hold a conversation with my neighbour or my non-Christian friends. It's really important that we have this learning posture. I think one of the things that this lockdown affords us is that all our neighbours are home at the moment, as we are. There's a little opportunity for us to reach out, to care for them, to learn what their needs are at the moment. And this leads us to our next factor in what does it mean to follow Jesus and to become fishers of men and women. And that is that we need to love. We need to love. It's really interesting when people reflect on the life of Hudson Taylor. 
a missionary of 50 years, a, a statesman of the whole Protestant mission movement of the 19th and 20th century, a profound impact. And yet he was actually quite unique. Many similar pioneers of, uh, of churches and other type of mission movements had the tendency that after 10 or 20 years, they would leave that organization and often because there was relational breakdown. And, and so what there is, there's something about that pioneer, even that, that entrepreneurial skill set that is required to get things up and starting. But there's something about that, that at times that person can be so, uh, I guess, assertive and focused on the task at hand that they forget the need to be loving those around them. But this was not the case with Hudson Taylor. Now, Dave, sorry, Ralph Cavell, who's a, a Denver seminary professor and church historian, uh, has done some writing and research on Taylor. And this is what he writes about Hudson Taylor. He says, we cannot explain the powerful influence of Hudson Taylor apart from his amazing capacity to love. From his youth, he enjoyed a particularly affectionate relationship with his mother and his sister, Amelia. His letters to his first wife, Maria Dyer, and then after her death to his second wife, Jenny Folding, reveal a man with a tender heart and a rare passion that lasted well beyond the honeymoon. This love extended to those around him, to other missionaries in need, and to the Chinese for whose salvation he ardently longed and laboured. Hudson Taylor was a man that just loved people around him. He learned about them and he loved them just where they were at. Now, one of the things I've been trying to do since I've started at, at New Pan is to get around to all the different groups that meet on our two locations at Mount Martha and at Rosebud. And Wednesday, Wednesday week ago, I got to go and be a part of our Rosebud hub, uh, the Wednesday night crew that meets and gathers there. And I was just so encouraged by that time that I got to spend and, and hang out with that group of people to share a meal with them and then to, to, to celebrate God's goodness in their lives. And there's a number of people that are part of that group that, that come from incredibly fractured and, and challenging circumstances. And one of them is a lady called Brenda Lobb. Now, many of you may know of Brenda already. Brenda is a person that's had some battles and some struggles in her life. And as a result of those battles and struggles was incredibly shy and, and perhaps not really willing or, or, or wanting to, to put out her gifts. And, and that, but there was this gift that she had. That, that was lying dormant, I guess, or, or not expressed at least publicly. And, and it was a gift of writing poetry. And slowly and surely, as a result of the love of this Wednesday night hub, that started to come out of Brenda. And in the end, she's actually published a book of her poems. And there's one of them that I just want to read out to you. It's called Shine a Light by Brenda Lobb. I don't know what you have in store. I pray to know you more and more. May my life shine a light for you in everything that I go through. And I will try to do my part. You guide me through each single day, especially when I don't know the way. I will reach out to every woman and man to show them a love only you can. I want the whole world to know how much I love you so. 
So when it comes to being fishers of men and women, we need to learn what people's needs are. We need to love them where they are at. And the result of this is that we will lead them to Jesus. We will lead them to Jesus. Now, this is an area that's incredibly challenged for many of us. How, how do we actually lead people to Jesus? And I want to suggest that there's two key ways that we've got to keep in mind when we're doing this. We've got to love people. We've got to learn about them. We've got to care for them. This, this is a, a sharing of the gospel in actions. And as we do that, we then earn the right to also share the gospel with our words. Hudson Taylor had an incredibly effective missionary journey over 50 years. When he started, when he arrived in, on Chinese shores in 1853 and he, and he started his missionary work, there was just a smattering of Chinese Christians in the population, in the broader population. By the time Hudson Taylor had finished and upon his death in 1905, there were 25,000 Christians, Chinese Christians that had been converted through the ministry of Hudson Taylor and the Chinese Inland Mission, which he had started. Now, fast forwarding today, there's been lots of opposition to Christians in China. It started with the Boxer Rebellion in the very start of the 20th century. It continued after World War II, where all of the Western missionaries were kicked out of China. But what we've seen from the platform that Taylor was able to build is that the Chinese church has exploded in growth. There's now thought to be more than 100 million Christians in China. By 2030, they expect, the missiological scholars expect that there will be more Christians in China than in any other country in the world. An extraordinary growth that's happened, an extraordinary effectiveness that's happened as a result of Taylor's ability to learn, to love, and then to lead people to Jesus. Last Sunday, I shared how excited I was about starting at New Penn. And, and, and I guess the, the, a big part of the source of that excitement is that I believe what God has for us as a church is that we would be a people who do those three things really well. We learn, we love, and we lead. May God's kingdom grow. May people be added. May many in our communities, our neighbourhoods, our places of work, our schools, may many come to know that hope that we have found. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for the great example of Hudson Taylor. And I thank you also that when Jesus first encountered Andrew and Peter, he not only spoke to them in a language that they understood, but he also revealed his plan and his purpose for them, which is also his plan and purpose for us, that we would follow him. And as a result of that, we would also become fishers of men and women. As a result of the love, as a result of our learning, as a result of us just being present in those places where there are people that don't yet have hope in you, Lord, we pray that through us, you would be leading many into that saving and loving relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.